Good evening and greetings. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Today's message, Troubled on Every Side. Have you had times in your life when you have felt troubled on every side? It could be you are feeling that right now. How will I be able to buy sufficient groceries for my family? I need to work, so I'll just have to add the cost of gasoline to my credit card. Maybe you have grown children who are struggling, struggling financially, struggling mentally, struggling with an addiction. It could be that your children don't know Jesus. You feel troubled on every side. You feel perplexed. What do I do? And you may feel hard-pressed, like everything is coming at you. Rent payment, car payment, utilities. Yet there could be those of you who have suffered persecution in the workplace. Your company is woke. Your Christian beliefs don't line up with theirs. It's causing pressure. It's uncomfortable. And you're asking yourself, do I stay or do I go? No one said life was a piece of cake. But there was a man in the Bible by the name of Job who experienced being hard-pressed on every side, a man who was perplexed, a man persecuted by his friends, and a man struck down physically where he despaired for his life. Let's see what the Bible says about this man, Job. So let's turn to the book of Job. That's obviously in the Old Testament. And it, Job is perhaps the earliest book of the Bible. So I'm going to be reading chapters 1, 2, 3, and I'm reading out of the New King James Version. So we begin in chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was, when the days of feasting had run their course, that Job would send and sanctify them. And he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, 
and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him, none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now, stretch out your hand, and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them when the Sabaeans raided them and took them away. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, and took them away, yes, and killed the servants along with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came across from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe and shaved his head. And he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. Again, There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, 
one who fears God and shuns evil. And still he holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. So Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, but spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took, him, took for himself a potsherd with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? And all this Job did not sin with his lips. Now when Job's three friends heard of all this adversity that had come upon him, each one came from his own place. Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namathite. For they had made an appointment together to come and mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they raised their eyes from afar and did not recognize him, they lifted their voices and wept. And each one tore his robe and sprinkled dust on his head toward heaven. So they sat down with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one sp spoke a word to him, for they saw that his grief was very great. Chapter 3. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And Job spoke and said, May the day perish on which I was born. And the night in which it was said, a male child is conceived. May God above not seek it, nor the light shine upon it. May darkness and the shadow of death claim it. May a cloud settle on it. May the blackness of the day terrify it. As for that night, may darkness seize it. May it not rejoice among the days of the year. May it not come into the number of the months. Oh, may that night be barren. May no joyful shout come into it. May those curse it who curse the day. Those who are ready to arouse Leviathan. May the stars of its morning be dark. May it look for light but have none and not see the dawning of the day because it did not shut up the doors of my mother's womb, nor hide sorrow from my eyes. 
Why did I not die at birth? Why did I not perish when I came from the womb? Why did the knees receive me, or why the breasts that I should nurse? For now I would have lain still and been quiet. I would have been asleep. Then I would have been at rest with kings and counselors of the earth who built ruins for themselves, or with princes who had gold, or filled their houses with silver. Or why was I not hidden like a stillborn child, like infants who never saw light? There the wicked cease from troubling, and there the weary are at rest. <clears throat> there the prisoners rest together. They do not hear the voice of the oppressor. The small and great are there, and the servant is free from his master. Why is light given to him who is in misery, and life to the bitter of soul, who long for death, but it does not come, and search for it more than hidden treasures? who rejoice exceedingly and are glad when they can find the grave. Why is light given to a man whose way is hidden and whom God has hedged in? For my sighing comes before I eat and my groanings pour out like water. For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me and what I dreaded has happened to me. I am not at ease nor am I quiet. I have no rest, for trouble comes. Now, we can see that great suffering came upon Job. He had a, an incredible amount of possession, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 oxen, 500 um, donkeys, a large household of servants, and all the animals were destroyed. Almost all his servants were destroyed, except those who came to tell him, I'm the, I'm the one that survived. Then he loses all of his children, and then he has boils from his head to his toes, the scripture says. And can you imagine? So Job is really in a bad way. And we can see that by the time we get to chapter 3, Job is, Job is really feeling sorry for himself when he says, you know, I wish I'd perished the day I was born. I, why, why was I even conceived? Why did this happen? So he has a great pity party. The whole chapter 3 is the pity party of Job. Now, Job's friends come to comfort him. But really, if you were to read the whole book of Job, <clears throat> these friends are very end up being very critical of him. And have you ever had friends like that? Who, when times are tough, instead of being a comfort or a support to you, they just tear you down? Well, that's what these three men did. They were of, like, no comfort to Job. Job is a perfect example of someone who took a hard hit. He lost his family, he lost his wealth, he lost his health, and his friends. Job 
tried to defend himself against his friend's accusations. Now, we haven't, we haven't read further into the story, but if you did, you would see that. And then Job became angry. His suffering, though, this is important to understand, Job's suffering was not a direct result of his personal sin. See, God told Satan, told us right from the get-go, this man was blameless, this man was righteous, this man feared God, and this man shunned evil. So it wasn't that all this suffering came upon him as a result of some personal sin. And God made it clear that Job's three friends, they were not justified in accusing Job of sin. And that's, and as if that's why he was suffering. God made it clear that they were in the wrong. But the severe trials that Job endured revealed what was really deep in his heart, which was pride, self-justification, and he had animosity. He was angry about all of this. It was self-pity, you see, can move you easily into being angry because you feel so sorry for yourself. How could this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? And then you begin to get angry. So what can we say about all of Job's suffering? Well, first of all, as Christians, we're not exempt from suffering. And, you know, that's sometimes a hard thing to swallow. But suffering is not necessarily a result of sin. God has set a protective hedge about the righteous. God does not send sickness or suffering on us. That comes from Satan. We see that in uh, Luke 13, 16. Of course, we want to make sure that we have repented of our sins and that we're keeping ourselves in right relationship with the Lord. However, the Lord gave Satan permission to bring about Job's suffering, but Satan was not allowed to take Job's life. Now, there's another person in the Bible who endured much suffering. And he was the Apostle Paul. Now, this is what it says in 2 Corinthians, if you'll turn there with me. The New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 7 through 9. This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. So these are his words. He says in verse 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. So what an incredible... Uh, positive way to look at his situation. Now, if we look at chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting with um, 
verse three, Paul says, um, we give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed, but in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God. Now listen to what he says. In much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Now, what a commentary about Paul. What a commentary about somebody who just gets saying, we're hard pressed on every side. Hey, hey, hey. You know, we're, we're perplexed, we're persecuted, we're struck down. You see, this is our motto. So we may be hard-pressed and troubled on every side in every way, but we are not crushed. And you need to write these few scriptures down. You need to post them up, and you need to say them over yourself every day. I may be hard-pressed and troubled on every side in every way, but I am not crushed. I may be perplexed, I may not understand, but I'm not in despair. I may be persecuted, but I will not be forsaken. I may be struck down, but I will not be destroyed. You see, folks, we have hope. We have strength. We have faith. We win. This is our motto this is what we live by. Now, I'm going to continue this message next week, Troubled on Every Side. We're going to look a little deeper into Job's story. And so that we kind of get a really clear picture, because I want to make sure you understand this whole idea of suffering. This is not an easy subject to talk about. Nobody really wants to hear about suffering. I mean, who wants to suffer? We don't want to be hard-pressed. We don't want to be perplexed and crushed and persecuted and struck down. But we are Christians. And in the day that we are living in, this is what we are going to be facing. Some of you are already facing. Many of you may be suffering in different ways. But take heart. Keep the faith. Stay strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And put this, put this motto up where you see it. And you encourage yourself with it. Amen. I want you to enjoy this song by Casting Crowns called Nobody But Jesus. And then I'll be back with you. Nobody but Jesus. 
Why you ever chose me Has always been a mystery All my life I've been told I belong At the end of the line With all the other not quite We'll all never get it right But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time Cause I'm just a nobody Trying to tell everybody All about somebody Who saved my soul Ever since you rescued me You gave my heart a song to sing I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus When Moses had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight You picked 12 outsiders Nobody would have chosen And you changed the world Well the moral of the story is Everybody's got a purpose So when I hear that devil start talking to me Saying who do you think you are I say I'm, I'm just a nobody Trying to tell everybody All about somebody Who saved my soul Ever since you rescued me You gave my heart a song to sing I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus So let me go down, down, down in history As another blood-bought, faithful member of the family And if they all forget my name, well that's fine with me I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I want you to be encouraged, and I look forward to being with you next week. We're going to talk about this subject again, troubled on every side. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again. You can download the iHeartRadio app and listen to Pure Heart Ministries podcast 24-7. Um, and, of course, I keep encouraging you to email me, Dawn, all lowercase, Dawn at pureheart.today. And let me know what you think of the program, any comments you have, might have. And I do look forward and thank you in advance for praying for this ministry and hope that you will help financially support it. You can write me at Pure Heart 
Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. That's Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. Well, I look forward to being with you again next week. This is Don Noble saying, Shalom, Shalom, peace be unto you.